This is the Parenting ADHD Podcast with Penny Williams. Each week, Penny shares proven ADHD parenting strategies and her hard-won ADHD mama wisdom. This is not your physician's podcast. Penny discusses the genuine grit of the moment-by-moment peaks and valleys of this special parenthood. She'll lift you up and empower you to help your child and your family thrive. It's time to beat the chaos and challenges of raising a child with ADHD. Here's your host, Penny Williams. Welcome to this next episode of the Parenting ADHD Podcast. I am going to talk today about developmental age. Um, Sometimes we see it also referred to um, more specifically as executive functioning age. Um, And so here's the gist of it. ADHD, as well as autism, is a developmental disorder. We often think of autism as a developmental disorder, but we don't think of ADHD the same way. The doctor does not tell you when they give you a diagnosis of ADHD that this is also a developmental disorder, but this is monumentally important information for us as parents, right? To know that, say, you're raising a child whose calendar age is 10 years. They were born 10 years ago. To know that in a lot of ways, they're not functioning as a 10-year-old is vital to the way that you're parenting them, right? It is vital to setting expectations, to understanding behavior, to understanding emotional dysregulation. All of these things, um, social awkwardness as well, can really play into um, how we parent. And these are skills that are often delayed in kids with ADHD. So we look at what we call a developmental age. And the general rule of thumb for a developmental age is two to three years behind their peers. So if your child is 10, in a lot of ways, you're parenting a child who is seven or eight. Think about that for a minute. How different is it to parent a kid who is 10 versus seven? It's very different, right? Your expectations would be so different in those two different age categories. And so that's why this information is so incredibly important for you as a parent of a child with ADHD and or autism. So if you're parenting this kid who's 10, according to the calendar, but he or she is really seven, um, let's say socially, executive function, um, maybe with emotional regulation, you know, in all of these areas, there's so common of a delay. And that's really super important when you are sitting down and figuring out your parenting approach, your um, expectations, expectations at home, expectations of school, expectations of, you know, behavior and emotions and social interaction. You know, we as parents have expectations for everything from our kids, right? If they're in third grade, we expect them to be able to accomplish those third grade expectations. Well, guess what? The third grade expectation at school is meant for a neurotypical 
third grader who has no learning disabilities, nothing that impedes their functioning or their output in an academic setting. So for that 10-year-old, what grade would that be? Fourth grade, maybe? So fourth grade expectations are pretty significant. By that time, at least here in the U.S., we are expecting kids to have a lot of self-motivation, a lot of planning and organization skills. We're expecting them to manage themselves and manage the work that they need to do on their own for the most part. That is a huge burden on executive functioning skills. And our kids with ADHD in fourth grade at 10 years old, they are not there yet. 99% of our kids are not there yet. They cannot meet that expectation. It's not that they don't want to. It's not that they've decided to be lazy. It's not even because they don't like school. It's because of the brain that they have and the delay in their development of skills. So when you have this fourth grader who's 10 years old and you're expecting everything at school that the school, that the teacher, that the, um, you know, the state curriculum, let's say, is expecting of your child, what happens? They're not meeting your expectations, right? And what happens when your child doesn't meet your expectations? You might feel like a bad parent. You might feel like you're failing your child. You might feel like your child is refusing or choosing not to meet your expectations. And every single one of those assumptions is wrong. It's wrong. And because of that giant disconnect, when we go to our kid who has ADHD and we say, I don't understand why you can't meet this expectation, all the other kids in your class are able to do this. How does that feel to your child? I want you to think about that for a minute. If you go to your child who has ADHD, who you know struggles in different ways, who you know is likely behind their peers, and you say, I don't understand why you can't do what your peers are doing, how does that feel? It's horrendous. It is crushing, you guys. It's crushing. And these expectations that we're setting based on calendar age are crushing our children. They're crushing them. And that's why this understanding of developmental age is so vitally important. Because now let's think about your fourth grader who's 10 years old. Now we understand this is a developmental delay. We understand that our child is functioning in a lot of these skills that are expected of them at school, more like they're in first or second grade. And yet they're at school and their teacher is expecting them to do this fourth grade level. And I'm not talking about academics. I'm not saying the teacher is expecting them to do fourth grade math. The teacher is expecting them to be 
self-motivating, to be good at task initiation, to be good at planning what they need to do and when, remembering to turn it in, having good working memory in a lot of ways is vital to meeting a fourth grade expectation. And yet our kids are not there. They are just not. They're not there. And so we have to adjust our expectations according to where our kids are. We have to meet our kids where they are. What does that mean? It doesn't mean physically I'm going to walk over to my child and kneel down and look him or her in the face. That's absolutely a good idea. I'm not saying that you shouldn't do that. But what we say, what we mean when we say meet your child where they are, is you have to recognize how your child is functioning today. What is your child's truth? What is governing the way they walk through this world right now? And you need to move to that place with them. You need to move your expectations to that place. Parenting kids with ADHD and autism successfully is all about shifting as a parent We can't change the kids we have. This is their brain. This is the way they're born. There's no cure for ADHD. There's no cure for autism. We cannot change our kids and we shouldn't want to. They're different. Do we want to change the fact that they struggle? Absolutely. And that's what we're here to do. But we as parents are the ones who have to shift. We have to give up that mainstream traditional expectation of what parenting is like, of what kids at certain ages are like, of what a good childhood includes. All of those things we have to throw in the trash, just completely get rid of them. They are meaningless for the child you have. And honestly, I feel like this is the way to parent every kid, not just kids with disabilities, neurotypical kids. We should be parenting the individual child that we have. We're not parenting the every child because there's no such thing. And that's what we're talking about when we say you have to meet your child where they are. Who is your child? Where are they functioning? What are their strengths? What are their struggles? What is your child's truth? You have to figure that out to be the best parent you can for them. And part of that is what we're talking about, developmental age. So we have this fourth grader who's 10 years old, and we have figured out now that that 10-year-old is really functioning more like seven or eight years old at first or second grade in a lot of ways. Now, ADHD is a spectrum disorder. People have different symptoms and they have them to different degrees. My child has zero, and I do mean zero, organizational abilities. That is his brain. It is the way it functions differently. It does not function in the way of organization. He doesn't even see a mess He really struggles to even organize thoughts and ideas, much less stuff, right? And so that is a weakness for him. But he's uber intelligent. This kid is gifted. His IQ is in the 130s. Verbally, he's exceptional. 
He's exceptionally fluent verbally. Um, And so that's my kid. Your child could have ADHD and actually be good at organizing and maybe have an average IQ or a genius IQ. You see, there's all these different symptoms and each individual with ADHD has some symptoms in different combinations. And then those individual symptoms that they have are in varying degrees of um, impact in the way that they, um, the severity of the way they impact their lives. And so when we talk about developmental age, I'm not saying your entire kid is just at the seven-year-old level, even though they're 10. I'm saying that a lot of those skills, a lot of the development aspect is behind, and it's going to be in that range of two to three years. I think Russ Barkley says 30%. Um, As your child gets older, that 30% is a pretty giant gap. Now, I will say my own son in organization and in most executive functioning in general, he's in 10th grade. He's about to finish 10th grade right now. And I would put him at first or second grade level in some of that. First or second grade level, that is eight or nine years delayed. And this is the kind of thing that, you know, he's never going to be that uber organized person because his brain isn't built that way. And that's okay. We figure out how to go on in life successfully working around that issue. Um, socially, some kids with ADHD are great socially. They're social butterflies. They do fine. Other kids with ADHD are way behind in social skills. Again, that's a developmental skill. And not every kid is on a neurotypical um, level or progression. So for your own child, you kind of have to sit down with pen and paper and say, okay, here's a list of skills that are, you know, considered developmental skills and decide where exactly is your child right now, your 10-year-old, where is he or she with social skills? Maybe at age seven, where is he or she at verbal fluency? That 10-year-old might be at 16 or 20 with verbal fluency. Um, Task initiation, um, impulsivity, um, inhibition, so many different skills here that we're talking about, and they can all be impacted into varying degrees. So to say that just um, the whole kid is delayed, my whole 10-year-old is really seven, that's not accurate. Um, And, you know, this is a rule of thumb. It means you take it with a grain of salt, you apply it in a way that works for your child, that makes sense for the child that you have. Um, People also talk about executive functioning age. And I think that's big, you know, executive functioning deficits are a huge part of ADHD for almost every individual who has ADHD. And they can impact kids with autism as well. You know, the stereotype of a kid with Asperger's is that they're uber organized and they line things up and they're meticulous. And that's not true for every kid. You know, my kid also has autism level one diagnosis, which is really what Asperger's is today. He is not organized. His room 
often, folks, looks like a trash dump. It looks like I've opened the door for a dumpster and walked in. That's the reality for us. That's the reality of his brain. Are we working on it? Of course we are. Of course we are. Baby steps. Takes time. Yeah, he's 16. There shouldn't be food on the floor in his room. You're right. You're absolutely right. But you know what? He has developmental delays. He doesn't have good executive functioning in his brain. In the physiology of his body, this is not something that's intuitive for him. We have to work hard at it. And we have to work for a long time before we're going to get to a place where he can be independent in this way, where he can live independently. And, you know, a neighbor doesn't peek in the door and call the health department, right? Um, you know, and, and I'm being honest here, folks, I'm keeping it real. I know a ton about ADHD, about parenting kids with ADHD. And my own son's room is a disaster. You know, that's the reality. None of us are perfect. None of us are going to be able to solve this. Again, it can't be fixed. We have to work with it. We have to find ways to improve the skills that can be improved, keep working at them, understanding that our kids are a little bit behind, um, you know, the neurodevelopmental phasing and progression, but understanding that that's totally okay, accepting that that's totally okay is so vital. I don't know how to um, really express it just with words. You know, I'm standing here recording this podcast right now. My hands are waving, my head's shaking. You know, I'm like, I'm really passionate about this. And I, I hope that's coming across and what I'm saying to you that it really is everything. When you constantly have expectations that are out of reach for your child, bad behavior happens. And I don't use the term bad behavior. So let me go back. Unwanted and negative behavior happens, right? Think about a time where you were trying to please someone. It could be a boss. I had a boss like this. Nothing I ever did was good enough, ever. And finally, one day I broke down. I sat in the chair in his office and I bawled. And he said to me, I guess you feel like nothing you ever do is good enough. I'm like, uh, yeah, yeah. And it feels awful. Can you see on my face? Can you see my tears streaming? It feels awful. So let's do something about it. Right. And it was pretty short lived at that job, I have to say. Um, it was tough. It was a tough um, match between the two of us. It, it, it just didn't work, really. Um, but that's what I'm talking about here with our kids. You know, that's such an illustration. He constantly asked me to do things. And if I met on the surface, the expectation even, it wasn't good enough. There was always a complaint. There was an always a but. There was always, well, why didn't you do this or that? Well, why can't you do this? Or how come you didn't get it done faster? There was always something. Imagine what that feels like. I think most of you have had something similar in your life to this point, some situation where you couldn't meet the expectations that someone was putting on you. No matter what you did, you physically could not accomplish it. 
that's what we do to our kids when they have ADHD and we expect neurotypical development, when we expect them to be able to do what their neurotypical peers are doing in every way. It's just not physically possible for our kids in these aspects where they are delayed. And that feels like crud. It feels horrendous for you to never, ever be able to meet someone expe- someone's expectations, to never feel like you're pleasing someone. Imagine your own childhood. If you never felt like you did anything right for your parents, imagine what that experience would be. It would be so hard. It would be so defeating. Um, it would really rock your self-esteem and your self-confidence, right? This is what I'm talking about. You know, not only do we have to learn about ADHD, learn about our kids, meet them where they are, shift our expectations, but we have to think about their experience. We have to think about the experience that we are creating for our kids day in and day out. That executive functioning delay or executive functioning age that I was talking about. There's a chart floating around the internet that someone has created um, that looks, it it applies that 30% rule of thumb basically to all ages, like up to 50 or something, I think. And, you know, it has a lot of adults with ADHD up in arms because they're like, well, I'm 50, but I'm not you know, 30 year old immature, like I'm not that far behind. And again, it's a rule of thumb, it doesn't apply to everyone. And it doesn't apply to your life as a whole. We're talking about one skill or one set of skills. Um, When my son is 50, I imagine that his executive functioning, I, I would be thrilled if it was at the 30 level, it will probably always be, you know, young teen at best, I think, that's just the reality of his brain. And that's okay. You know, I've done a lot of work over the years to acceptance and letting go of some things, letting go of a lot of those traditional expectations, letting go of the fact that my kid's childhood doesn't look like the every child's childhood. It's okay. It's actually even better for him, right? Sending him to camp and traumatizing him because that's what every kid should have in their life, in their childhood, is, a, is the camp experience. How is that better than having a child who never went to summer camp? It's not. You know, you have to really think about these things and think about what is the goal of the task and can my child reach that goal and in what way can they reach it and that in what way can they that's individualizing for your child that's meeting your child where they are maybe they need to go to a special camp for kids with ADHD they exist SOAR is amazing I am a monumentally huge fan of SOAR and have been for a long time It is a camp solely for kids with ADHD and learning disabilities. Um, Maybe that's the camp experience. Even some kids with ADHD, still, the camp experience is not right for them, and that's okay. Um, That's just one example, of course, something that came to mind really quickly as we're talking. 
Um, you know, so when you look at these developmental delay numbers, you look at these executive functioning age numbers, these are just a rough guideline. So I want you to think about your own child. Like I said a minute ago, take a piece of paper, write down some of the developmental skills and estimate the developmental age that your child is at right now in each of those areas. And then think about how can I meet my child where he or she is? My child's organization is like a seven-year-old. What can I do to help him with that? Not help him be the most organized 16-year-old that ever existed, because that expectation isn't possible. How do I help him you know, what do I do to facilitate? What do I do to scaffold and support that's going to help him achieve enough of a level of planning and organization to succeed? You know, there's a lot of ADHD entrepreneurs out there, a lot of companies run by folks with ADHD. Why do they succeed so well in such um, a really stressful, high demand position? like the CEO of an entire company or the founder of an entire company. They have support people. They have administrative assistants. They have department heads. They have people who are doing the day-to-day mundane things that are so hard for so many people with ADHD. So can your child never catch up with planning and organization skills and still be wildly successful in life? Absolutely. They might be happiest in a trade. They might be happiest as an artist. You know, you find ways to make it work. You find ways to cope with what your truth is that will lead you then to success and happiness. And as parents, it's our job to guide our kids toward that. It's our job to craft a life around who they are, what their truth is, that is going to help them become a happy, successful adult. And let's talk about that for a minute, that happy, successful adult term. What does that mean? Well, in our American society as a whole, that means that they're earning lots of money and maybe they have a family and some kids, right? That's kind of the stereotypical expectation of what a happy, successful adult looks like in America. That's maybe not what my kid's happy, successful adult is going to look like. Maybe he, you know, will be a welder. Maybe he'll be an artist. Maybe, um, you know, he'll be a CEO with that admin. Who knows? All those things are possible. And all of those things can mean success for him. What is going to make him feel successful and fulfilled? What is going to bring him joy? That's the definition of a happy, successful adult. Please keep that in mind. I know we get so attached to tradition, to expectations we grew up with, but we cannot be attached to those. We have to look at the child we have. Not the every child, but the child we have. And developmentally, they are behind. That's just the fact of the matter. And when you parent that child for where they are, you will 
lead them to be a happy, successful adult because you are honoring their individuality and their truth and you are working with their strengths and their interests and you will get there, I promise. You will get there. Are we there at 16, almost 17? No, because why? It's a developmental delay. It's going to take longer and that's okay. And that acceptance piece is so huge. When my son was little, all I did was worry about how in the world was he ever going to be successful in life? How in the world would we ever find a way for him to be happy when he couldn't do anything right, when he couldn't meet expectations, when he was always in trouble, when he couldn't even enjoy things he liked because his focus wouldn't let him? It was consuming, all consuming when he was young. And I was so sad and worried and stressed. And letting go of a lot of that has really transformed my life, but also my family's. When I'm not so stressed, guess what? Everyone around me feels better too, right? When I'm not pushing my kid to a goal that isn't right for him, we all feel a little better, don't we? So like I said, I want you, literally, I want you to pick up a piece of paper and a pen or do it on the computer or the iPad and make that list of skills and attach an estimate of your child's developmental delay, your, de- your child's developmental age, excuse me, to each of those skills and use that as your compass. That is the guide that will lead you to success. So for the show notes of this episode, you can visit parentingadhdandautism.com slash 058 for episode 58. And I'll see everyone on the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Parenting ADHD Podcast. If you connected with this episode, please share it on social media. Be sure to visit parentingadhdandautism.com to join the conversation and take advantage of Penny's online courses and summits, retreats, parent coaching, and fantastic bonus content.